You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be reacting further to the defeat at the hands of Burnley, which took place on Sunday evening. Mikel Arteta under real, real pressure now. We're going to be discussing that, but first, we're going to just react to the UEFA Europa League draw. Arsenal have been drawn in the round of 32 against the Portuguese Giants, Benfica. Now, of course, there were there were sort of other teams on that list that I'd have preferred to have been drawn against. There's no question about that. Um, Benfica, a giant of a football club, um, always seem to bring through really, really talented players. Um, you've seen that, or you can tell that by how many of them move on uh, to go on to, to sort of bigger and better things. It's no disrespect to Benfica, but of course, the Portuguese league isn't one of the the strongest out there. And that's probably why they struggle to hold on uh, to some of those big names. But fantastic team, fantastic club. And it could have been a lot easier, put it that way. We're going to be looking into Benfica in a little bit more detail, closer to the time. Uh, as the tie approaches, we'll get somebody on who's a bit more of an expert on Portuguese football, who can hopefully give us a little bit more insight into Benfica. They're currently second in Liga Nosh behind uh, Sporting Lisbon. Maybe you can take a little bit of encouragement from the fact that they finished second in their group behind Glasgow Rangers. I mean, Rangers have been incredible this season and they've done really, really well under Steven Gerrard. Maybe I'm being a bit of a snob, but I still look at them an SPL side and, and think that they're kind of punching above their weight. Um, and so rather than it being a great achievement for Rangers, I kind of look at it as a, a bit of a downer from Benfica and a negative on their part. Maybe that's me, like I said, being a snob. Maybe that's wrong, but that's just how I feel at the moment. Um, so I think you should um, you should take uh, some encouragement from that. Right, let's uh, let's move on to. I'm sure what more of you want to hear about. You know, it's nice to to see the draw done. It's nice to know that we kind of still in that competition. It's the competition has provided some much needed respite from our Premier League campaign, which up until now has been dreadful. Fifteenth place at the moment. Things are looking really really bad for Mikel Arteta. And now he doesn't have the Europa League for a while, until February to be specific, to provide him with that distraction, to provide him with a, a tool to relieve some of the pressure. You know, he he gets a poor result at the weekend. We go into a European game. Everybody um, performs from those selected. And then all of a sudden it's kind of forgotten for a few more days. But he hasn't got that now, Mikel Arteta. It's all all on the Premier League now all on the upcoming Carabao Cup game against Manchester City. And then, of course, the FA Cup kicks off in January, the third round prior to us returning to action in the UEFA Europa League. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's all eyes on the league now. That respite is no longer there for Mikel. Where am I feeling about, or where am I standing, I should say, on, on the Mikel Arteta situation? You know, I was someone who was taken aback by how well he spoke at the beginning 
um, of his sort of Arsenal tenure when he first walked in, that first press conference. And ever since then, up until probably a couple of months ago, I'd been really, really impressed with Mikel Arteta. But things have um, taken a bit of a bad turn. And, you know, that's why Arsenal find themselves in the position that they find themselves in. That's why fans are getting on Mikel Arteta's back. I've seen some people on social media sort of saying, you know, but we need to back the manager. And I think you should back the manager for as long as you can see something there. And that's down to everybody's personal opinion. For me, though, I'm really struggling now. I am struggling to keep supporting someone who appears to make the same mistakes over and over again. That is my issue. Do I want him to succeed? Of course I do. I really like Mikel Arteta and I still, and I can't give you a reason why, but I still believe that somewhere along the line, he will go on to be a really top coach. But is this has this job come too soon for Mikel? Has he taken this mammoth task on too early in his career? Is that going to kind of lead to him fighting or swimming against the tide in terms of trying to prove himself? Look, we've seen it happen to lots of managers. Often your first job, it is so important because it paints a picture of you as a manager. Do I think that Arsenal are going to pull the plug on Mikel Arteta right now? No, I don't. Um, I, I don't think so. I think the club have put too much on him in terms of giving him that manager's position rather than the head coach, that promotion in terms of, um, you know, people will say that he wasn't backed enough, but, you know, we know that we couldn't afford Thomas Partey in the summer, yet the owners made sure that that deal got done. They They felt like... Mikel Arteta was worth backing. They felt like Thomas Partey would be a tool for Mikel Arteta that he could use to try and and push this team onto greater heights. I think the FA Cup win earned him a lot of goodwill with not just the supporters, but those within the club. But I am starting to question whether he can he can handle this job. And, and I'll give you the reasons why I'm starting to question it, because the reasons for me wondering whether this guy is the right guy now is not just based on on the last four home results it isn't that you know the results aren't ideal but things like Granite Xhaka getting himself sent off Nicolas Pepe getting himself sent off at Leeds players making individual mistakes to a degree I know some people will say but he keeps selecting them to a degree those things are out of the boss's hands and and so it's not the results for me it's the bigger picture it's the bigger picture. And I'm going to try and, and sort of go through some of that now with you guys. First of all, the dull football. At the beginning, I was happy to accept that the squad was limited and that we were going to need to play in a certain way to make ourselves more competitive against the stronger sides in the division. And I totally accept that. If Arsenal went and parked the bus against every other member of the big six, each and every time we played them, and that gave us a more uh, stronger chance of pulling off a result, I'd have absolutely zero issues with that. It's not the Arsenal way. It's not what we want to see. It's not pleasing on the eye. But when you get the results, that becomes a side note. But we're not getting those results. And, and now what we're seeing is we're seeing an Arsenal side struggling to adapt to play the fixtures against the sides that we should be beating. You know, yesterday against Burnley, actually, I thought Arsenal were 
better than they have been in recent weeks. I thought particularly at the start of that second period, in between the, the kickoff of the second half and Granit Xhaka being shown that red card, I thought that that was a, a really positive Arsenal performance. I thought we were creating opportunities. We were moving the ball with that zip and that pace that has just been missing from our game for so, so long. And I was really delighted to see the way we started that second half. And if you had asked me five, ten minutes into the second period whether I thought Arsenal were going to win the game, I'd have said absolutely yes. The fact is that Burnley, in my opinion, you know what, they had a chance early on with Chris Wood when he sort of shouldered it wide when he attempted to header across that came in from the right. Other than that, Burnley offered absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And defensively, Arsenal were causing them problems. But now... You know, questions have to be asked about the bigger picture, as I keep saying. So I've touched on the dull football and the the inability to adapt, to be able to play in a different way, to inject that zip and that pace and that power into our game, the accuracy when it comes to finishing, all of those components, um, which you can work on on the training ground, but those players have to deliver those on the pitch. I thought we still didn't see an ideal Arsenal performance or anything close to it, but I thought we saw some progress in that sense, in terms of Arsenal causing Burnley problems. Mikel Arteta, during his time as Arsenal bosses, made some huge calls. Some huge calls. The call to leave Mesut Ozil out of the squad. The call to send Matteo Genduzzi out and effectively banish him after some disciplinary issues. The the call to move Lucas Torreira on, on loan. Was that partly a sweetener? in Arsenal's deal to get Thomas Partey, maybe. And if so, that's probably less of an issue. The constant selection of poor, poor players who are not performing, yet they don't get dropped. You know, it feels like certain members of that team, Granit Xhaka has been really poor lately. You look at Hector Bellerin, he's been terrible of late, still plays. Willian has not offered anything, still plays. This reluctance from Mikel to turn to some of the youth players that have served him so well in Europe, I think will be will be one of his downfalls. I think we're seeing a kind of Arsene Wenger-like stubbornness in Mikel Arteta. And, and, you know, if you've got 20 years of history in your locker, you can be stubborn, you can stick to your principles and people will still follow you because it's proven that it's worked in the past. Mikel Arteta doesn't have that. And so naturally, when things aren't going right, yet he remains stubborn, he remains um, sort of narrow-minded, players are going to start to lose faith. And, and, and we're also hearing now about fallings out behind the scenes. Apparently, David Lewis and Mikel Arteta are not, not even on talking terms. Now, people can criticise David Lewis all they want, but David Lewis is one of the only leaders in this squad at the moment. Says a lot about where we're at as a club. And, you know, David Lewis is by no means a perfect footballer, but the fact that he and Mikel Arteta are not on good terms now suggests more fallings out behind the scenes. We already know about Ozil. We already know about Genduzi. You know, you look at somebody like Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who Arsenal were desperate to keep hold of in the summer, but Arsenal, despite their efforts to keep him and despite trying to persuade the young man that actually his future was at the Emirates Stadium... They, they, they don't select him. You know, he can't get a look in in terms of um, being selected from the start. This, you know, how 
does does Danny Sabayos not get into that midfield? It's the most one-dimensional midfield you've ever seen when you look at uh, you look at Xhaka alongside Mohamed Elneny. Now, I wasn't Matteo Genduzzi's biggest fan, but when you look at our current midfield options, you you can certainly argue that he's better than them. You can certainly argue that. Yet Mikel Arteta has decided that he wants to persist with these players. Now, when you make decisions to persist with these players, they have to work. It's as simple as that. We're talking about Arsenal Football Club. This is a high-pressured environment where you have to get results. And Mikel's not getting the results, yet he doesn't show a willingness to change things in an attempt to do that. Now, had Mikel Arteta, and I, I swear by this, had Mikel Arteta named an 11 made up largely of those players that have been performing in Europe, the youngsters, if you like, the future of Arsenal, if you like, and we lost the game, my reaction would be a lot less angry and 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 concerned than it is now because you would have looked at that and you would have thought, well, it didn't work, but Mikel tried it. Mikel is proactively looking for a way to turn this ship around. Mikel has had enough of those constant underperformers, those players that constantly let Arsenal Football Club down. And he's decided to make a stand and select those who deserve to be in the side on merit. Now, you can talk about the fact that the Europa League is a much lower standard. It absolutely is. But you can only beat what's in front of you. Those players have performed and had the the senior guys been performing fine but they're not they're not performing so you have to at some point make some changes as I keep saying though this is more than the results thing for me this is about the, the atmosphere that he's created at the club he talked a lot when he came in about culture the culture at the moment is to alienate people the culture at the moment is to stick with people who are constantly letting you down the culture at the moment is to make signings that for me don't make any sense, i.e. Willian, i.e. Cedric, i.e. you know, well, Pablo Marie's been injured and stuff, so I get that. But you know, it, it's that that those are the 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 elements of culture that Mikel Arteta has put into the club at the moment, none of which are serving us well. You know, we've got a serious, serious problem at Arsenal and and do not underestimate what disharmony behind the scenes can do to a group of footballers. Do not do not sort of underestimate that. I think that's massive. I think that's key. I think having the right atmosphere in and around the club is huge. And we simply don't have that. It's the inconsistency that Mikel Arteta has shown when dealing with certain players. You know, Matteo Genduzzi, one disciplinary era or a couple of sort of issues behind the scenes, as we were led to believe, and he's out the door. Um, uh, Granit Xhaka lets us down yesterday. And Mikel refused to condemn him in the same nature that he condemned Nicolas Pepe a few weeks ago. Now, some of the rumbles about, uh, you know, the discontent at the Emirates Stadium and about people um, sort of being unhappy behind the scenes are said to be to do with the fact that Mikel Arteta called out Nicolas Pepe the way he did. So I'm going to give Mikel the benefit of the doubt here and say that the reason he didn't call Pepe out the way, uh, sorry, didn't call Xhaka out the way he called Pepe out was because he did it once and it didn't work. And hopefully he's learned from that and he upset people and he caused a bit of a rift behind the scenes. And hopefully he's learned from that and decided actually now that's not the right course of action to take. He played Xhaka's one down 
And is it inconsistency or is it him learning from his mistakes? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you guys. Let me know what you think in the chat. But yeah, you know, there's just so many worries at the moment. And you look at it and you think, how is he going to turn this around? Because even when you, you talk about changing the team up, changing players, bringing others in, you still don't look at the, the bench or the reserves and think, yeah, he will definitely make a difference. There isn't those standout candidates to come in and, and completely turn the team around. So whatever he does will be a little bit of a risk, a little bit of a gamble. But, you know, somebody like, and I don't mean to bang on about Wenger, but somebody like Arsene Wenger would have been through periods like this 10, 15, 20 times in his career where his team was sinking and he had to stop the rot and he had to get us back on track and he would have done that. And that experience, I think, is invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. And Mikel, for all the, the positive things he's shown since he came into the job, not in the last few months, obviously, but prior to that, doesn't have that experience. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think it is a key factor. And I think that hanging your hat on a rookie manager, given the size of the task, in hindsight now, looks a mistake. Um you know, we also acknowledge that a lot of the players are not Mikel's players. They're not players that he wants necessarily going forward. But knowing he wasn't going to be able to completely turn around a 25-man squad um, within a couple of transfer windows, he had to make the best of what he's got. And I don't necessarily feel he's doing that. For all the criticism that I throw at this group of players, I do not for a second believe that they are bad enough as a squad to be in 15th position in the league. I, I really don't, which suggests there are other things going on behind the scenes as well guys i can see there's over 200 of you watching us right now across the multiple platforms big hello to every single one of you and of course to those of you who will be watching or listening to this back later on as well if you haven't already please do smash that like button check out last night's uh, live fan phone in we're going to be back with another show later on um, this evening, 5 p.m., where I hope to be 5.15 p.m., I should say, where I hope to be joined by Laith Youssef, the editor of the Guna fanzine. He'll be joining me, uh, fingers crossed, to discuss uh, his thoughts on everything going on at the club at the moment. So very much looking forward to that. So turn your notifications on as well if you haven't already. Let's have a look at some of your comments. Let's see what some of you guys are saying with regards to everything that is happening at the Emirates Stadium. Um, at the moment, uh, lots of you paying tribute to Gerard Houllier. Absolutely, um, I should have uh, I should have done that at, right at the beginning. It is in my notes to say it, um, but rest in peace, Gerard Houllier. Um, never an Arsenal man, but uh, somebody that I had huge respect for. Always seemed like an absolute gentleman as well. Um, delivered some really good things at, at Liverpool, and I think. It was Julio's basis that that led to Liverpool going on under Benitez and achieving a Champions League win and, uh, and you know, challenging sort of right at the top of the Premier League. So rest in peace, Gerard Julio. Shocking news. Really sad to hear. Um, and I hope um, I hope his family and friends are coping as well as, uh, as possible in these difficult times. So uh, rest in peace, Gerard Julio, for sure. Going to take a short break. For those of you listening on the audio, don't go anywhere. We'll be back just after this. Don't worry, YouTubers, it, it doesn't affect you. Um, let's let, let's go on to some of your comments to see what you guys have got to say. Uh, Robin says, sadly, picking Xhaka, Bellerin and William will get him sacked in the long term if he doesn't change that. Guilherme Alves on the Europa League joy says Benfica will kill Arsenal. 
I don't think there's many Arsenal fans at the moment that would disagree with you there, mate. Um, FX Entertainment says, Afternoon, Harry. Don't you think it's ridiculous to get rid of Saliba permanently when he's not even being given a chance? That's another situation I haven't even mentioned. Um, you know, there, there's so many that that you forget them. You know, William Saliba. Yes, he's an Emery signing, but at the end of the day, when the club have invested £27 million on a player and your alternatives aren't exactly pulling up trees, then you've got to question why he's not being given a chance. Somebody like Shkodran Mustafi, for example, who I don't think has been as bad over the years as, as some have made out. I think he has had some good performances as well in and among all the shit. And there has been a lot of shit as well. Um, but I think someone like Shkodran Mustafi, whose contract is due to expire at the end of the season, he clearly isn't going to sign a new one then if we are talking about this big rebuild at Arsenal, then surely now you're looking at someone like like William Saliba and you're thinking, not going to start him every week, but he has to be integrated in some way because this guy is very much the future. Um, you know, I also acknowledge that Mikel Arteta's short-term goal is to get us back in the Champions League and he has to do what he feels is best to achieve that. And maybe he feels like Mustafi currently is at a higher level than, than Saliba is currently but the way he's been completely snubbed and overlooked, I think, is 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 embarrassing. I think that the situation with Socrates is another one that has raised question marks. Not so much from the fans. You don't hear a lot about that. You hear a lot about Ozil being left out. You don't really hear a great deal about Socrates being left out. Why? Because most people probably don't think he's good enough. But the reality is that he in terms of his attitude, was an exemplary professional during his time at Arsenal. Always willing, always working hard, always desperate to succeed, always driving the team on, very, very vocal, and clearly a very big and powerful figure in the dressing room. Had great relationships with a number of players. You could tell that and gauge that just by the way some of them would speak about him. And Socrates has been left out of the squad completely. And when you're talking about... You know, he's been left out of the squad when you've got players that we know weren't even going to be up to full fitness by this point, i.e. Pablo Marie, who were in the squad. And you're sitting there thinking, well, he's not even going to be fit. So why couldn't you have left him out of the squad till January? He would have had just a month in the cold um, and he could have played in Europe or whatever. So, you know, there's so many things. And, and from what the reports that came out from Chris Wheatley of London last night are suggesting, you get the you know the, the suggestion that Mikel hasn't actually sat those players down and explained to them why they've been left out. You can understand why there is a frustration and you can understand why other members of the squad may be getting irritated by that. Uh, big hello to Chris. He says, we played Xhaka and Elneny against Burnley. So negative. What is Arteta thinking, Harry? Although I'm not his biggest fan, surely you play Ceballos. I completely agree. I completely agree, Chris. You, you, you know, where is that penetration from that midfield? Where is that ability to carry the ball and drive at people? Where is that guile? It, it doesn't exist in the midfield of Xhaka and Elneny. And I understand why you may sit up that way away from home. But we needed to win last night. And, and as I said, Burnley offered absolutely nothing. And, and now, you know, we're looking at that game. And yes, I spoke about the performance being a little bit better than it has been in recent weeks. But... Ultimately, if you don't score, if you don't put the ball in the back of the net, all of that becomes irrelevant. And questions will be asked of, of Mikel Arteta's team selections when he continues to pick people who do not perform. Elneny, 
you know, he hasn't been bad this season, let's be honest, but we know his limitations as a footballer. Xhaka in recent weeks has been bad, though. He's been shocking. He's been absolutely shocking, yet he continues to hold down a place in the team. Is Mikel Arteta too loyal to certain players? Is that going to be his downfall? Perhaps it will be. Nataraj says, we had Ozil, Santi, Rosicki, Ramsey, Sanchez, and we've replaced none. Agreed. Robin says, Torreira would walk directly into this midfield. The Partey-Torreira partnership would have been great. Coffee is for closers. We were awful. A gutless performance. People keep saying we dominated them. That's what other teams want. No discipline, no plan B. Weak players who get Arteta fired by picking them every week. Can't disagree with any of that. Can't disagree with any of that. Um, I can see there's some Benfica fans joining us in the chat. Uh, Bruno Ferreira, I hope we can have two good matches. Best of luck in the league. Thank you very much, mate. Um, I'm sure it'll be a decent Europa League tie. Uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, Fergus says, if Danny was any good, Real Madrid would not have loaned him out. I, I disagree with that because we've seen at Real Madrid players just not work out and go on to do, do good things elsewhere. It's a very difficult environment at Real Madrid. There's a lot of politics there. Um, and whether Danny is good enough for Real Madrid is kind of irrelevant here. The question is, is he good enough to play in this Arsenal midfield? And I think he is when you compare the alternatives. Uh, Kevin John says, Bellerin has to be dropped for Cedric or Maitland-Niles. Might as well play Pablo Marie for holding. FX Entertainment, thank you so much for your kind donation. If you feel like donating, if you feel like uh, dropping us a super chat on YouTube, go ahead, mate. Um, oh, Go ahead, guys, if you feel like you want to, but it is not compulsory, so don't feel like it is, please. Uh, just having a look at how many likes we've got before we move on. 220 something watching on YouTube alone, and we've only got 33 likes, guys. Come on, let's hit that like button. Let's get those likes up to 100 at least. There's definitely enough of you in the chat to do that. Um, what else have we got here in terms of your comments? Francis says, not calling Xhaka out is favouritism. Plus, he said Xhaka didn't come out to apologise. Is anyone else kind of getting a little bit frustrated by the fact that when all these things are happening, when shit keeps hitting the fan, essentially, we're not seeing the senior players come out, give interviews. We're not seeing the captains step up and and sort of um, take the brunt. And we're having to see mostly young players facing the media. Is that an issue for you guys? Because for me, it doesn't quite sit right. If I was the captain of this club and we weren't performing, I'd feel like I was kind of obliged to go out and do that and, and to, to take the heat off some of those younger players and to take that that away from them. Not for a second suggesting that people are starting to blame them or, or, or people are directing their anger towards some of those players that have given interviews in recent weeks. But you want to see a Bamiyang doing that, don't you? You want to see Xhaka coming out and apologising. You know, you can say what you want about David Lewis, but if he was the one that got sent off and cost Arsenal yesterday, I am sure that David Lewis would have been one of the first people out there facing the media. Lack of leadership. And all we ever hear about Granit Xhaka is what a leader he is. So that becomes that becomes frustrating, doesn't it? When you hear that and, and it's kind of used and it's kind of used as a, a defense for him over and over again. And then when he's got the perfect opportunity to display that, he doesn't. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, 
Uh, Matthew Beaumont says, do you think Arteta has lost the dressing room or just with certain players? I think that Arteta has lost certain players and the players he's lost seem to be ones who have an impact in the dressing room, the most vocal, maybe the biggest sort of instigators. And I feel like he has, I'm not going to say he's lost the majority. I'm not going to say that there's a majority of Arsenal players in that change room that want to see Mikel Arteta gone. But I think the players he's lost and the way he's lost them have caused others to ask questions, if not vocally, if not publicly, then in their own minds. And I think that some of the ones he's alienated, they were such big characters that it was always going to have an effect. And then when the results stopped coming and the, the trust in the method started wavering, then it was always going to be an uphill battle for Mikel Arteta. And I really do feel like he's in, embroiled now in a really difficult situation. And how he gets out of it, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, Silas says, Harry, it may not be the right thing to ask, but who do you think would, would suit us in terms of style? Now, I have backed Mikel Arteta, but if you go back to podcasts prior to him being appointed, you would have seen me say time and time again that I wanted experience, that I wanted somebody who had been through this kind of shit, who had dealt with difficult jobs before, who had that credit in the bank, that power, that authority to to steady the ship first and foremost. The FA Cup in many ways masked what was ultimately a disappointing end to the league season because we still finished eighth. We didn't really improve um, in terms of our form overall under Arteta when he came in. Yes, we showed signs of, of greater defensive stability and various other bits and pieces, but the improvement wasn't massive. I wanted Carlo Ancelotti at the time. People will look at some of Everton's recent results, uh, you know, prior to the Chelsea win, of course, and say, oh, they've gone off the rails a little bit, whatever. But he's still managing Everton. This is still a side that nobody expects to be in and around the top four, yet they've had a really impressive start to the season. So, you know, I think that at a club like Arsenal, Carlo Ancelotti would have been the perfect stabiliser. I think a Rafa Benitez would be a good stabiliser, someone you bring in as a stopgap appointment who can steady the ship, get us back on track, at least get us into a position where we're capable of competing for those Champions League spots. And then you start on your big project and then you start on the longer term view. Right now, I think that this club needs stabilising, not just on the pitch, but behind the scenes as well. You know, we, Raul left, Vinay gets a different job, Edu comes in. We know about um, Edu's relationship with certain agents. You know, there was Mislin tap before that, falling out, left. There's no stability at the top. And, and that's, lack of stability will lead to a lack of stability when it comes to managers. And that will ultimately lead to a lack of stability on the pitch for all the shit we used to give Arsene Wenger. He did bring stability to the football club, whether we were moving in the right direction or not is of course up for debate, but let's remember that we were never in this position under Arsene Wenger. Um, never. And people will say that Unai Emery wasn't this bad either, but I think because Unai Emery took over so soon after Wenger, I thought that some of the the positives of Wenger's reign, and there were some positives even towards the end in comparison to where we are now, some of those positives were key in helping Unai Emery achieve what he achieved, which was missing out on the Champions League narrowly and going to the Europa League final. Yes, they let him down in the end. Yes, I think he let himself down in the end with some of his decisions too. But I think the damage caused by Emery made this job even more difficult for Mikel Arteta or for whoever was going to take over. You know, 
had had Unai Emery not come in, do you think Aaron Ramsey would have left? Probably not. Do you think that Lauren Koscielny would have wanted to leave the way he did? No. Um, so you know, there, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of issues. Do you think that we'd have been in a situation where Burn Leno was our only decent decent goalkeeper, and we've got a, a boy from from Iceland who's played at the bottom sort of half, or who's played in the bottom half of the French league? His cup would have come in to provide back up to our number one goalkeeper. No, we had Petr Cech. Yes, Petr Cech was going to retire. But, you know, even the likes of David Ospina and people like that, that Wenger brought in, I think, were, were more capable goalkeepers than someone like Renarsson. And and Renarsson might go on to improve, but the fact he was playing for who he was playing for, the fact he was allowed to leave for a million pounds or whatever it was, and based on his latest display against Dundalk, you can definitely say that he's of a lower standard than some of those other goalkeepers I've just mentioned. So I think a lot of what Emery did made this a more difficult job for somebody else to pick up. And I genuinely believe that. That's not to say that Unai Emery was, it is completely at fault for what's going on now. Mikel Arteta is his own man. He's had backing. Um, and, you know, he continues to make, in my opinion, the wrong decisions. Dennis Poon says, Harry, we're seeing a lot of negative comments coming from more behind the scenes. It looks like someone is leaking things to the media. What do you think of this? The fact that people are leaking it shows that they're not fully on board with Mikel Arteta and what's going on at the football club right now. It's as simple as that for me. Um, it's been reported that those leaks have been coming from players' agents. Mikel Arteta apparently vowed to destroy, that was the word, destroy whoever it is that's giving that's uh, leaking these things out. It could be Mesut Ozil. I'm not saying it is. I don't know that for a fact. It's a guess. It could be. Um, if he's on bad terms with David Lewis now, it could be David Lewis's representatives. Um, it, it could be so many people. But the fact that it's happening just shows that there's disharmony there, regardless of um, whether they should be doing it or not. It, it just kind of gives you a, a good gauge and understanding of where we are as a group. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Just going to pick out a couple more comments before... Uh, jumping off. Don't forget, we'll be back later on with another show, 5 p.m., 5.15 p.m. I keep saying 5 p.m., 5.15 p.m. Uh, so come and join me for that. And I'll be on the same old Arsenal tonight as well uh, at 8 o'clock. Um, Philip Cruzden, Crudson, I should say, says, I would like to see Smith Rowe start in the next 10 games and Ainsley Maitland and in centre midfield. They can't play any worse. They, they they can't play any worse than the guys that are currently playing. And I think that's what people are getting frustrated with. That's what people are struggling to understand. Um, or That's why people are struggling to understand what Mikel is currently doing. The only positives at the moment, you know, when he's fit is Thomas Partey. Gabriel, I think, has been a really good signing. I think Kieran Tierney's had a few poor games, but for the most part, he's been pretty decent. Um. But other than that, there's not a great deal. There's not a great deal to be excited about. And and it's um as I said on on yesterday's show, this is more now concern than it is anger or disappointment. It's more concern about where we're heading and how we turn this around. I don't think Arsenal are gonna get relegated. Let's put that out there right now. I know people are talking about it, it's not gonna happen. Um but but uh, uh, a lower half of the table finish, bottom half of the table finish would be a disaster for Arsenal, an absolute disaster. And if that was to happen, Mikel would have to go. And he's he's falling further and further behind the Premier League. 
um, leaders. He's fallen further and further behind those vying for a, a European position with every defeat, with every disappointing result. And I, as much as I hate to say it, I think his days are numbered. I really, really do. Right, that brings me to the end of this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, brought to you by 90 Min. Don't forget, if you haven't already, guys, please, please, please smash that like button if you're watching us on YouTube. So, so important. If you're listening via the audio platforms, be sure to leave us a review. We're having a real big push now for reviews. We want to get as many of those as we possibly can. They can be as open and as honest as you like. Um, I'd like to think you'll hit the five-star button, but you know, in the comments, if there's anything you, you would like to hear, anything you don't like hearing, let me know and I'll be sure to take those uh, comments on board. Right. Until later on, take care. Stay safe. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simeon.